Welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show, where our goal is to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism and create a world where racial equity is the norm. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC, and I'm really excited today because we're going to be talking about from othering to honoring. And we're going to begin our show, as we always do, by inviting you just to focus and to center yourself and connect with your sacred source, whatever that might be for you, but really to connect with your breath. So if you would, I invite you to close your eyes, plant your feet solidly on the floor or the ground, wherever you are, just connect with your breath and begin by taking some deep breaths in and then exhaling. Take another deep breath in and exhaling. And then just finding your normal rhythm. Breathing in and out. Connecting with your divine wisdom. Your sacred source. Your sacred intelligence. Which is that part of you that helps you to make intelligent choices that manifest your greatness while helping others to manifest their greatness. Breathe in and out, connecting with your divine power, connecting with your I amness. Breathe in and out, recognizing that we are all a part of a shared humanity. I am because of you and you are because of me. Breathe in and out, recognizing that you are loved and you are love itself. Breathe in and out, letting your breath be a reminder that what you do matters and you have the power to change the status quo. Breathe in and out, knowing that you do not walk this journey alone. Breathe in and out. Recognizing that the power of one contributes to the power of community. Now take a deep breath in, sigh it out, and let's begin. We all know that race is a social construct, and yet we cannot avoid its impact when we move throughout society. Whether we want to be identified from a racial category or not, when people see us, they make all kinds of judgments and assumptions about who we are. We understand one another and we make meaning about people and situations simply based on how we show up the skin color that we show up in. We often fail to recognize the individuals. Is it possible to truly ever separate who we are as beings, as spiritual beings, from how we show up in these earthly bodies? If we're all a part of a shared humanity, why is it so difficult to value one another and to see the divinity that is in each and every one of us? So today, I would ask you the question, what happens when three people of different races and gender sit down to talk about race? Well, my guest today, we've had several opportunities to do so. My guests today are Jose Hernandez and Derek Rydall. And we actually met by being on another uh, platform together. Our discussion was around what illuminates the soul. And I think we were so enthralled with one another that we made it our goal to stay in touch with one another. And we have these 
very dynamic conversations informally. And in preparation for the show, we had a conversation that we said, this could have been the show, but at last it was not because it was just us getting together to chat. So we will see what unfolds today, but each of us are committed to understanding who we are and who others are from this spiritual place, from this higher level of consciousness. But even with that, we recognize that we show up racially and we've had experiences that are vastly different based on our race and based on our color. So we're gonna get to it today and we're gonna have a conversation. We hope that you will join us, please, um, if you've not done so, we invite you to just make comments on the, our YouTube channel on Talk Radio NYC, and the show is Dismantle Racism. As you know, please make comments. Let us know what you're thinking about the conversations we're having. We are live right now, and we'll try to get to your comments, so please chime in. So today... I'm going to do something that I normally don't do. I usually give this big introduction and bio. And trust me, these two gentlemen are really, really awesome, have extensive bios, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves today. And so I'm going to start the question by really asking you to tell us, tell the audience who you are. Give us a glimpse of who you are and what informs your conversation today that we're going to have? Now, that's a broad question, and I know how we do when we get to talking. So I'm going to ask you maybe in about a minute or two, if you could just share a little bit about who you are. And um, either of you can just jump in and get started. Go ahead, Jose. Okay. Well, my name is Jose Hernandez, and uh Grew up in the South Bronx, so New York radio. Chime out to you. Uh, I'm living in British Columbia right now. Uh, I was very fortunate in my life that I was able to get into a program when I was in the South Bronx that was called uh, uh, a college-bound program. And I was able to go through the school system, and, and actually it, it became a lot of my buffer in between the life I was living in the street and and the opportunities that life can 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 give us and 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 puts in front of us, uh, so I was able to go to university, became an electrical engineer, and uh, since I've become a transformational leader, uh, my life has been pretty, <laughs> I guess. Uh, gone in many different directions. So I, I I do have two black children, even though I am First Nation. Uh, I have two children that are mostly white because my, my first wife was Greek. Uh, so they, they are really like very light skinned. And so I have a, a, an interesting dynamic of life living in, in, in this world that that is so rich in racism. And that's a, not a good way to say it, but it's a fact. And uh, so uh, I did have an NDE 20 years ago, and that really was the cornerstone of my life. It changed my life, and it, it put me on a path that I believe uh, helps me understand life. Because when, when I had that experience of dying, I didn't learn anything about dying. I only learned about living. And uh, I hope that that insight I will be able to bring some of that with me into this show with these two beautiful people. Carolyn and Derek are quite amazing. And, and uh, our friendship has, has bloomed, like she said, and, and it's, it's just grown and grown and grown. So I, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So that's a little bit about me. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. And, and we will get into your near-death experience in a bit, because I think that once you have that experience and under, understand yourself beyond this human experience, it helps to inform how we engage in this conversation on race and racism. Derek, tell us about you. Yeah, so um, the short version is, like so many people, I was on a journey of, I've always been on a journey of seeking truth. Ever since I was a kid, mm -hmm. going to different homes, different religions, different 
races, every what if you had some unique and interesting background, I wanted to have a conversation as early as five years old. I wanted to understand. So I was always seeking truth. And then uh, and 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 I what I found in a lot of the religions, especially, was um not the truth. <laughs> I was I knew there was the truth somewhere, but I, I saw a lot of hypocrisy and I saw a lot of people not being nice to each other and racism and judgment and prejudice. And I, I didn't understand it. And so I actually rejected God and even the word God and all of that, but I was still on a search. And in my twenties, I was suffering a lot from depression, anxiety, suicidal tendencies. And I um, ended up almost dying, uh, doing all this self-help and all this self-improvement and the only thing it improved was my ability to describe why my life was so screwed up. <laughs> I got really good at that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the at the drive to fix my life, to heal from my childhood, to feel good about myself drove me ultimately to drugs and alcohol and to almost dying from an overdose. And and that wasn't quite enough yet to crack me open. You know, I had a very thick head and still pretty stubborn. But it set me on a new path and I began again and tried to again figure out there's got to be a way to what's the truth about life? What's the truth about me to feel good about myself, to be connected to others? And then while I was doing a film in Jamaica, I almost drowned and again nearly died and had a near-death experience. So we kind of have that in common. And I didn't go all the way to the other side, but in that moment of believing that without going to the whole story, I knew I was going to drown. And I was stuck underwater in a reef and nobody knew I was out there. And there was a moment of trying to bargain with God and then a moment of complete surrender. There, God wasn't making a deal that day. There was only surrender unconditionally. And in that moment, something cracked open and there was a flash of light. And I saw for the first time that the self I'd been trying to fix and heal and improve was a fiction, was an amalgamation of peer pressure and societal conditioning and parental fantasies, and that there was nothing I would ever do that would make that guy good enough. Mm -hmm. But but I also saw that simultaneously there was a self that was behind it or all around it that had never been damaged or hurt, and so he didn't need to be fixed. And he was already, or it was already whole, and so it couldn't actually be improved upon. That self-improvement was an oxymoron. That fixing yourself was the recipe for hurting yourself, ultimately. And it was a flash, but it radically shifted everything. <clears throat> and I was I was literally stuck under the water. And the next instant, somehow, I still don't know, I was standing on the coral reef outside, looking down to where I'd been stuck. And I was able to go over the other side and become free. But my whole life had changed. Humpty Dumpty had fallen off the the, the wall. And I tried to become a monk. And uh, the monk thing didn't work for me. <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks of fasting and silence. And I was breaking into the monk's kitchen and stealing food. And I they were like, you are not a monk, kid. And um, But I went into this inner journey to understand what had happened. And ultimately, that led to the work I do now as a spiritual teacher and coach, nothing I'd ever planned. Um, but it so radically shifted me to help people understand that everything that they're seeking out there, they brought it all with them. Mm. And no matter what conditions you're planted in, when you understand who you really are and know how to create the conditions within yourself, that destiny, that potential, that power will emerge in your life. So. So, Derek, this is a great place for us to take a break. As our listening audience can see, there we could really be talking about near-death experiences. We could be talking about spirituality, all of that on the show. But when we come back, you know, I want to get into how even our being in this world as, as spiritual leaders, spiritual teachers, how that really informs the ways in which we move throughout the world, the reality of it, of what we face, as well as how do we continue to stay uh, grounded in, in 
who we are as spiritual beings, but also connecting with who we are racially. So we're going to dig in a little bit deeper when we come back. We have to take a break. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We're back with the Dismantle Racism Show. My guests today are Jose Hernandez, excuse me, and Derek Rydall. Before the break, we were really talking about uh, both Jose and Derek ex- shared with us some near-death experiences that they've had and how it changes us really um, in the ways in which we think about who we are as these earthly creatures. You know, our divine selves have been compressed into these bodies. And it's really great for us to talk about being these spiritual beings. And as Derek, you know, you were sharing about uh, emerging and being the best of who you are. And those are the messages that we all carry out to people. I carry out to people manifesting your greatness. Don't get, you know, caught up in how the world defines you. And yet, and yet we know that the ways in which we show up in these bodies, people make judgments, as I said about us, and they treat us differently. So if you all don't mind, there was a conversation that we had, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago when we were talking. And one of us, I don't remember who it was, made a comment about Derek as a white man, right? We said, well, you know, as a white man, Derek, blah, blah, blah. And Derek was like, well, I don't like you guys basically, I'm paraphrasing, but like, don't lump me in the category as all white people and all white men. And of course, my response was, I understand that you're not all, but people do that to us all the time as people of color. And Jose very gently said, Derek, tell us what it's like for you to be a white man and what your experiences are what that feels like to you and your body. So I actually would like to ask uh, Derek if you would share that. And then Jose, I would love after Derek is done, if you would share maybe what your experience is to be in the body of a First Nation and um, Latinx man as well, and then balancing this spiritual walk that we're on. So Derek, talk to us. Yeah, um, I have a lot of jokes I would like to say, but I won't. I'll just stick to the point. You know, I think we we all are given a curriculum. 
when we show up here, right? We we're given the body type, the body issues, the body color, the gender, you know, sometimes the wrong gender and the right gender in the wrong body. We're given a family, we're given a, a culture, we're given all of these data points that are, is our curriculum. And uh, that's how I view it. And so, but specifically what's interesting is for me, um, being in the body of a white man, I ha hasn't really been a thing I've thought a lot about, uh, until let's say recent years, although I was, I was raised in a black church, mostly black church, you know, my, the best man at my wedding and my children's godparents. So I, I actually ironically related more to them, to people in my church and to, I, you know, I, I actually had an admiration and a, a more of a desire to be in that body, ironically enough. But so I, but not until probably the last, I don't know, let's say five, 10 years or so have I thought a lot about, and even more so recently with the great movement around um, ending racism again. Uh, and, and it is an interesting experiment, like to experience, I think one of the things you said was kind of jokingly tongue in cheek, like, well, how do you like it? Or how does it feel? You know, like, like it's an interesting putting the shoe on the other foot to experience what it feels like to be defined by that. And I think we're in a time right now where that's increasingly what's up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's, it's important. It was important for me in that conversation what was so important was I was able to actually see what that felt like mm -hmm. and to have a whole new level of empathy because I've had a lot of other experiences that some people maybe haven't a lot of physical challenges, you know, tragedy. So we all have different challenges that we know that are lived experiences, but being defined by my race, I was the fish in water. The water was invisible to me. Right. I might have been getting all kinds of privileges and benefits. Indeed, I was and am, but I wasn't aware of it mm -hmm. until really, really, honestly, that moment was a defining moment. Well, uh, I think I think I could see something went off in your head yeah. when we were having this conversation because yeah. you had such a reaction to like, like, wait, don't put me in that that category. Derek, I want to just jump to Jose for quick so we could yep. hear uh, a little bit about uh for you as well jose well my experience has been really interesting because i i've experienced it a tremendous amount of racism profiling uh so it, it you're aware of a lot more things than maybe Derek <clears throat> might be aware of and i don't know exactly what he's aware of because i don't know what his experience is i mean i understand that just like us he feels the same thing we feel Mm -hmm. And and we express it in different ways. But just from living in the street when I was growing up, uh, that is a big part of your life. So uh, you, you're aware of that. And I'm not black, so I don't know what it's like to, to, to be in those shoes. I know what it's like to be in my shoes. And even from my own personal family, right, uh, where my father was uh, from a different mom who was First Nation, uh, and, and my uncles who were from two, you know, Caucasian parents, right? Uh, because we were darker, they were just kind of like me and my little brother were, well, you're the dark ones, uh, you know, uh, so it, it, it kind of sticks to you. Mm. And, uh, what I can share is that when I had my experience and I became aware of that, this is not who I am. That's what helped me to understand what maybe what we're all going to. That that's what really put like that star right on there and said, here, this is this is the experience of life, but this is who you really are. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I'm 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 just gonna say it like this, maybe uh we most of us are not gonna be able to choose when and where we're gonna die but we can choose how we live our life. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where this conversation is going to wind up going. How do we choose to live this life? Yeah. And how do we want to look at other people? And, and I, I will share this with, with everyone so they get an understanding of, fr from a cultural perspective, when, when I go into a sweat and it's very dark and we can't see anything, you can't see your hand in front of you, I am not 
this body anymore. I am not this color. We're all one. We know other people are there, but we don't have that thing that I see you as a black person. I see you as a white person. I see you as a brown person. That goes away. Mm. But the minute I come out of there, that comes back. Right? Mm. So, uh, and, and I'm very aware because uh, I know my two of my children have an easier life than two of my other children, my two other children. So my two black children have a much more difficult path than my two white kids. And, and it's kind of interesting, you know, to be in the middle of that and observe it and then have my own experience because my two white children don't identify with being first nation at all. They are white and my two black kids are black. So it's, it's an interesting thing, but it taught me one thing. I don't care what color we are. We're all the same. Yeah. Well, we, I, all love, I, we all love, we all have that. And if we could only get past that fear that mm. drives, fear is the driver of racism. Mm. If I start fearing that I'm going to lose something or I'm not going to have something that I think should be mine, then, you know, we, we can put this to somehow to bed somewhere and, 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 and let it slowly creep out of our lives. Mm. Well, Jose, you know, I, I love how you describe that in the darkness, right. we're all one and we can connect with the fact that we're all one. And on my best days as a spiritual leader, I can also connect with that because I don't think that spiritually there's a difference between the three of us that are on here. And yet I know that I so completely identify with being a black woman. In fact, when I come again, I, if I have a choice, which I believe I had a choice this time, I will come back as a black woman just because I love it just that much. And so it's interesting how there is this, um, this pull sometimes with wanting to connect with how we show up in these bodies and the cultures that we're in, but yet knowing that I am more than this. And that's the thing that drives me every day. That's the thing that helps me to have grace for people like when they burn down um, my church, like they did in 2020, is that I can have grace for that person while at the same time saying that they should be held accountable for it because I know that he is more than the individual who decided to set the church on fire. That's not always easy though. It's not always easy when I'm in those places and people are looking at me in a particular way, following me around a store, or when I drive through the neighborhood and I see certain flags that are posted, you know, in my neck of the woods, I'm like, let me get out of here, you know, because I don't know what's coming at me. We should, that, we should dig into that. We should dig into that. But at the same time, it's like there's this push and pull. And so thank goodness that, that we have these experiences where we know that we're more than. And so that is our cue that we absolutely need to take another quick break. And when we come back, we will dig right into the to that whole thing about going through the neighborhoods and the experiences that we have. Uh, but we're going to be right back with our guest today. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time 
on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with my guests today, Jose Hernandez and Derek Rydall. And, you know, before the show, uh, before the break, I mentioned about um, being feeling unsafe sometimes driving through certain neighborhoods. But before we dig into that a little bit, I want to give uh, Derek a little bit more of an opportunity to say why it is that you responded in, in the way that you did, why you took an issue with uh, in our conversation about being described or being labeled as a white man. And really speaking to this point of, if I could use a a biblical reference of where the Bible says, be ye transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind and don't conform to the ways of the world. I actually just preached about that a couple of Sundays ago. And that's really what we're called to do is not to conform to what the world says right but be at these higher levels so derek jump right in there and and tell us what was what like got in your system when yeah you also just opened up a whole other channel for me i know i know but we gotta stay focused you're not conformed by the to the world yeah you want to be a bigger bigger influence in the world you need to become uninfluenced by the world so that's a whole other topic but um, yeah, I mean, the, the the original, first of all, it's an interesting thing how even though I have an issue with that definition, I recognize the gift of that experience, because as I said, it gave me an experience, a, a felt experience. But my issue with it is more about as we're correcting and, and trying to, you know, resolve or reconcile the racial issue against people of color, black people and Latino people and all kinds of people, um, there's the danger of overcorrecting. And and ironically, doing the same thing, but in reverse. So defining me by my color of my skin or by or anybody by the color of their skin is just racism and, and by another name, as we as we know that. And what I see happening in the world right now, as there's this very important movement, you know, Black Lives Matter and even even the, the Me Too movement around men and women is an overcorrection that is only going to create more damage down the line and more pushback as we see that happening. And in fact, we have a crisis right now of of men, first of all, and white and black men of a certain class where they are killing themselves at a higher rate, they're stuck in their parents' basement, they're not graduating. And so I'm concerned about that crisis. And I'm concerned that we don't hurt each other and hurt the other and do more othering. So that was really the main um, purpose behind that. But again, I saw the gift in that and I could take it and feel the little ouch and then process it myself. But a lot of white people or white men can't. They take it, they feel shame, they feel pain, and then they get angry. And then they do bad things either to themselves or they just give up and, and all of that. So that's not going to help us. And so that was my my main issue with that. And I also understand, you know, racism and prejudice is not a white or a European or an American issue. It's a human issue. It's in every color and every culture throughout all of history. And so my bigger concern or my bigger movement or desire to help heal is that at its lay the axe at the root of the problem of where how we other, how we judge, how we protect, how we project, and 
how we're not really in the world, but the whole world is really in us. So, and so as Dan, you, I, I, yeah. I want to jump. I got because I got to jump. A lot of stuff is going through my mind, and right. maybe you can say it. too. But I I appreciate you talking and describing what you believe is how white men respond to this conversation around race. Because I think that you're right, because many respond in fear. That's what Jose was talking about a little bit earlier. Like, you know, this stuff is based in fear. Yeah. And then there's a part of me when I hear you talk, think, wow. So now the onus has to be on us as people of color that we now have to be careful. And I get what you're saying. Totally get it that we can't do the same things that necessarily have been done to us. But then it also, I just have to let you know, might feel like it's now an extra layer of something that I've got to do. I've got to now wonder, how's how, I'm going to use you because you're on the show. How's Derek going to feel about yep. this? And I try to do that in my work in general, but I'm just speaking now. I am sort of kind of speaking from the perspective of what I have heard many Black people say. Yep. Especially when we are in these interracial dialogues, we yep. always feel like we have to take care of white folks and it's a burden. But yep. I, I understand from the spiritual place what you're saying, but I also just want to let you know from did this this I get it. I totally right? get it. Because but not all we have to we have to the 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 hard, difficult truth is yes. There are certain principles and practices that every single human being has to learn and ultimately get better at, whether you're white, black, male, female, gay, straight, trans, or other, um, he, she, or they, to learn how to be more sensitive, more empathic, to understand your impact you're making. Even if you're being victimized, if you want to be part of the solution, you can feel like a victim and want to get back or feel like it's not fair, I shouldn't have to. Or, and that's normal, or we can recognize that, but nevertheless, what's actually going to solve this problem sustainably? Yes, it's hard. It's a lot of work. It's not fair. Absolutely not. And nevertheless, what's actually going to lead to healing? And this is what I think Dr. King de demonstrated, Gandhi demonstrated, Nelson Mandela demonstrated, got out of there after 27 years of unfair prison and did forgiveness tribunals. He could be like, now I got to take care of all these guys that victimized me. Right. That's the hard truth. Yeah. Right. But Derek, Derek, there's a reality that we're not seeing. If we look at everything that way, I am Brown. Carolyn is black. You are white. That's a reality. There should be no shame in that ever. If I say you're a white man, you should never feel shame from that or bad or I'm not saying, I didn't feel shame. I didn't feel any right, shame. But, I had but, but the what issue I'm saying that I is there is that reality. And and what I'm saying is we need to find wholeness in who we are. Yes. We need to find wholeness in ourselves. We need to feel that we are good enough, mm -hmm. that we're not less. I'm not less because I'm brown or First Nation or black or my kids are less because they're black. We, we're equal, but we also have to deal with the reality of what is in this world. So right now, today, you look at the division in this world, and, and it's right in your face. And when you say Black Lives Matter, kind of like it, it, it's almost like that's a negative thing. We got to get past that. But, but first, we got to realize that that's a fact. Who said that? I didn't say that. No, you, I just said there's the danger of overcorrecting. Okay, well, trying exactly. to solve a problem by doing the but same. First, you got to recognize the problem other. before you overcorrect. And the problem is when I recognize it. So right now, there's so many what people would call red, which is derogatory. First Nation people they're finding their bodies all over the place, right, in these residential schools. So yeah. we're saying every child matters. Right. And, 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 and that's what a feather. But but there has to be an awareness that that these things are happening and that they're real. You can't sugarcoat them and make believe they're not real 
And, and now we're overcorrecting. We're not overcorrecting. First, we have to understand the issue and recognize it and say, yes, that was real. This is real. Now, how do we all hold hands and move forward together? And well, I think that's what this mantling racism is really about. Right. And so I just want to say, particularly from my perspective, just as a psychologist, we can't heal from a problem until we acknowledge the problem. And I think one of the things that happens, particularly as we talk about these interracial conversations where Black, and I'm going to use Black because I can only speak speak from my perspective, where we feel like we're often having to take care of other people in the room. It's something that we've done historically. And so till we can get to the point where we can speak what is our truth and, and, and white people don't feel shame about it. Because when I teach my courses, I never teach from a place of shame or guilt. In fact, what I try to do is to get white people to honor who they are, who they are as a being, as a spiritual being, and let's move from there. Because shame and guilt, has, they have no place in the healing process. But yet, we have to recognize who we are, our privileges, how we show up in the world. I mean, hey, there are certain privileges I have just simply because of my degree status, my leadership status. And if I don't honor that, I would never be able to see the people who are different from me. And so I think this is really, really like a great conversation to say that there are steps to dismantling racism. There are steps to getting to that place of where we are uh, beings, like we're heavenly beings, spiritual beings, whatever, divine beings, or having this human experience that we have to remember that. We have to get to the place where we mm -hmm. can remember that and deal with the stuff that happens Absolutely. to us. Absolutely. That's and, to be and, in and the and world. Tell, and I, I, I want to just, I wanna just respond. There. I want to just respond. One thing in there. Hold, hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold I want to respond because I want to make sure that the communication is, is absolutely impeccable. Because this happened the last time we talked, so I want to be very clear. I didn't say, and I'm not saying there isn't a problem that shouldn't be addressed with the full force of our humanity and our legislative powers and all of that. It was a specific response to a specific moment. And it wasn't personally about me. I personally don't need you to hold my hand and coddle me. I'm speaking on behalf. We can go at each other and we have done the work and we have a level of awareness right. that we can self-reflect and do the work. I'm speaking on behalf of all the people that aren't yet capable of that. And, and when I, and I'm also speaking on behalf of what I believe are the greatest role models of how to end racism and prejudice, like a Gandhi, like a Dr. King, like a Mandela, like a Jesus. To me, they gave us a model. That's the model that I endeavor to live. And what I and so that's all I'm speaking of. But I'm not in any way saying you must see things as they are. You must deal with the actual problem. You must acknowledge it exists, hundred percent. And I'm a hundred percent advocate. So I just want to be very clear. I'm not saying oh the, the problem's over, racism is over. Now let's just skip to right. no. I'm definitely not saying I don't be and, very clear. And, 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 Jose, hold on. We have yeah. to actually take a quick break. So I want you to come back and to be able to share what you're sharing and Derek I want to acknowledge that yes we I think we understood that you were talking about in general and not right, about right, in particular right. and I just needed you and our audience to know that this is what what it feels like to us but Jose please hold your thought we're going to be yeah. right back in just yeah. a couple of minutes to get too fast. <laughs> we'll be right back hey everybody it's Tommy D the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. 
you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with the Dismantle Racism Show. I want to just tell our listeners, they just witnessed what happens when the three of us are having our private two-hour conversations. They, they're never less than, than two hours. But Jose, why don't you jump in there and, and share what you wanted to share before the break? Yeah. You're just getting warmed up, I wanted to say, though. Yeah. <laughs> but first of all, none of us take this personally because we, we understand that we're just speaking truth. But, you know, when when I hear you speak, Derek, I, I wonder why it's OK for me to be called brown or Latino. And I accept that without and 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 telling it's black. My kids are called black, but some of my kids are white. And why some people feel threatened when they're called white. No, I didn't feel threatened. I don't understand that. I don't understand that part, but, but let me finish, Derek. Let me finish. Okay. I, I don't understand it was that, that I couldn't part. speak about certain things because I was white. That was the issue. Right. Well, but but it it's almost like it changes the status of where we are, right? If if it's okay for you to call me this, and I can't call you that, then and and yet we're not saying it in a derogatory way. We're just saying what what I believe is a fact. I'm very comfortable saying telling. I could I could say to my kids they're black. I could say to you you're black. They could say I'm brown. They could say, and and it's a reality. I understand the reality. I never take offense to that because that's what's real. And I think as 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 people that we we we're transformational leaders and we speak to a lot of people that it's very important that we're comfortable with that. Mm. We got to be comfortable with who we are because in my physicality this is who I am. Spiritually, we know a lot more. So, you know, and then just as, 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 I mean, I can't imagine a world where everybody looks the same. I think the flavor and the diversity of our skin tones alone is such a grace and gift. And yet some of us are made to feel shame because of it or like we're less. You know, so, so for example, my wife is East Indian. She's a totally different skin tone than me, than, 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 than her two black kids. And, 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 and one of her black kids is a lot lighter than, than, than the other. So it's like this incredible variety of color and different shades. But at the end of the day, my black son loves the same way my white son does. He hurts the same way. My black daughter hurts the same way my white daughter hurts. They laugh the same way when they feel joy. And I think that's what this conversation has to be about. You know, I'm blessed. I feel blessed to have that in my life. And I'm, I'm getting a little emotional here because this is really important for people to understand. You know, and I think through life, so many people have been so wounded and hurt because of the skin that they were born with. And, and to me, that skin is so important because it honors our ancestors. It just tells people where our ancestors are from. It doesn't say anything about me as a person. It doesn't say anything about my kids, you know, but I know they do everything the same way. There's never a difference. They eat the same. They dress the same. They speak the same. 
maybe a little different because of cultural issues and things like that. But otherwise, I can't, I can't see in any of them anything that's different other than the skin tone. And the skin tone doesn't matter. And, and I think it's very important for, for, for us to understand that. And, and I understand why people feel the same, Derek. Don't get me wrong. I feel a lot of them feel the same thing we feel. And they might call it reverse racism. Whatever they want to call it, it doesn't matter. And it's odd that they would even call it reverse racism in some cases, right? I mean, I, what does that so, mean? Well, okay, we don't have time to get into that conversation because we're almost out of time because that's, on, you know, I knew we should be doing a two-parter. But, Jose, here's what I want to say based on your United Nations that is in your family. Yes. That's beautiful and is really the way the world should be because ultimately, you know, we are just all interconnected and we're these spiritual beings. I used to pastor a church that was multicultural. And I loved when we would get together on Sundays in a big circle and pray. Didn't matter the skin color, didn't matter what part of the continent you, you know, were from. It was just beautiful. And saying that, I also know that when you are in multicultural families, the ways in which we avoid hurting people is to recognize that people have different experiences based mm -hmm. on their skin color. And that's often my fear, uh, particularly, uh, well, when I talk to white people about when they say things like, well, I don't see color, right? Anybody who's taken a class with me will know, well, wait a minute, that's not actually a good thing that you don't see color. And I understand that it comes from the era of the civil rights movement where parents taught their kids, you don't want to be rude. You want to be nice to everybody. And so it came from this place of love. And at the same time, it does not allow us to recognize how we experience life. Well, listen, we are, though, at the end of the show. Can you believe it? Because... This is probably can, the quick can I add one final little little yes, response? One final thing, um, just to because I think it's there's there's this three prong thing which is we need to learn to totally honor, value, respect, and understand the beauty and the gift of our differences, the many mm -hmm. colors and qualities of infinite being appearing as individuals, so that there's because it's beautiful all the colors, all the qualities, all the cultures, all the backgrounds, that's what makes life so magnificent. Variety is the spice of life. So that's one piece. And we need to honor it within ourselves, learn to love and embrace all of our differences. Because when that happens, you love the enemy within your own household and the conflict, you no longer see difference as a problem. And then third is, which is what I was speaking to, not that we don't see color, that we don't honor color, but that we don't judge based on a particular difference of a person. And my experience in that conversation that I had the concern was that whether you're white, black, First Nations or whatever, that we don't decide because of that color or quality, you don't get to play equally. Yeah, I, I that's, just that's, that's, that's I the just most important thing. I, I agree with that 100%, Derek. I just want to say one thing, and this is just look at a rainbow. Look at a rainbow, all those different colors, but they're all one. They're all, when you unite all those colors, you get light, that, that, that light. But all those colors blend. They don't conflict. They don't fight. They just are. And I think as a humanity, we need to be able to blend like that and just be because we're a lot more than the body. We know that we, the three of us, we talk about this all the time. I know I'm a lot more than this body. When I died, I learned to love this life. Number one, to love this body because God gave me this. And this was for me only. This is the only body I get. Mm. And I need to love that and, 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 and honor it and respect it. And I think that body needs to do a closing prayer. And, right. celebrate I, it. I, I, and we got to celebrate it, right? Right, but, we do. And Jose, 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 yeah. I know we want to keep going, but we are at the end. 
of the show. And I want to thank you, Jose Hernandez and Derek Rydell. Thank for you, my brother and sister. On the show. Uh, I do want to invite you all to go to sacredintelligence.com and learn more about the programs that I am doing. And you can find the information for Derek and Jose on our website as well so that you can get in touch with them. So I'm going to ask you, Jose, in 30 seconds, do you have a closing meditation or words of wisdom for us? Well, uh, yes, I, I, I am going to go back to that. We don't choose when we come into this world and when we leave it, but we choose the life that we live and we're all going to struggle. There's going to be hard times for all of us. We're all going to be hurt, but God gave us a tank full of love when he made us. Yeah. And and he charged us with one thing, one thing only. He said, leave this love here. Mm. Use it up. Don't go back with a half a tank full. Don't come back with a quarter tank full. Come back empty. Mm. So mm. I ask you all to take the love that's been given to you by creator or God or the God of your belief and Leave it here. Don't be afraid to love. Be afraid not to love. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, Jose. Thank you for that. I want to thank you all both for being on my show today. It was a delight. I want to thank the listening audience. And I want to invite you to stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you to walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. Be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Derek. Two beautiful people. What a blessing to be here. Take care. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Passionate about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 